gospel. We're singing the gospel message and the message of hope. What is the what does the word gospel mean? Kids, do you know? What does gospel mean? Did she say it? I can't hear it. Good news. Now we're not talking about the kind of good news that's like, hey kids, we're having brownies for dessert tonight. <laughs> like that's good news. <laughs> or maybe you find on the class list that your best friend is in your class this year. Woo! Good news. But like that pales in comparison to the good news that we are talking about. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that also Christ came for all. The forgiveness of sins is extended to all who would choose to believe and call on his name. That, that's the gospel. The gospel is we, we can be made right in our relationship with God and washed clean of our sin because of Jesus Christ. And if you notice, hope is tied to this. Like this is our hope because Jesus, this, this isn't just a story of long ago that we, we tell and we sing of the story. It's a living and active because the tomb is empty still. We were still talking about Easter was in April. We're still talking about it because it's still true. And that is the like foundation of our whole religion. This is what we believe is that we have a living and active hope. And hope and pray that we are living as people that are, are clinging to this hope. And if you've forgotten what that means, can I tell you that hope is the anxious expectation that God is up to something good on behalf of all of his children. And it says in Romans 8, he's working all things for the good of those who love him, who've been courting, called according to his purpose. And I'm standing here thankful that his good is, his, his definition of good isn't necessarily my definition of good. He gets to make that call. I'm grateful for that. So as we go about our weeks and as we, as we encounter hardships and difficulties, may we cling to this living hope that he is at work for our good. We can rest in that. So let's sing, continue singing about this living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain that I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the Christ, my Lord. 
back and watched you worship, and I'm going to throw you a curveball. It's about four minutes ago. I didn't plan to do this, but I just feel, I know, so many of you are just carrying a lot of heavy stuff. And God said, Brian, just step aside for just a moment. Create some space for me, for him. So we could sing that chorus again. I want to invite those who need to just come and just kneel. Just bring whatever it is you're carrying to him today. I don't know what it is, but I just felt the need to do that this morning. We've got the time. We're not in any rush, are we? We're here to worship him. As I watch, I get to see you, and I, I, I know some of your stories. I don't know all of them, but I know the stuff you're carrying is heavy. We have our communion elements out. We'll just work around that. Be careful. It doesn't matter. Let's just spend some time with God this morning as we go to prayer. Can we do that again? It's just an invitation for those who need to, just to come. Let's just spend some time preparing, resting in the hope that we have in Him. came in this morning, the first words that were spoken to me, Dave looked at me and said, boy, the Holy Spirit's going to move in this place today. <laughs> he came and he felt and he knew something was up. Lord, as we worshiped as a faith family, as a congregation, I could just sense that you, you were in fact moving. Perhaps not in the way that I expected or even thought about. Lord, you were putting your arms around those who needed to be held. You're whispering words of encouragement, Lord, to those that were carrying some pretty heavy, heavy things in their lives. You're just present for those to be reminded they're not alone. Lord, in these moments, we push aside our agendas, our plans. Stop dipping, Lord, so to speak, as we talked about last week. We just want to spend a few moments dwelling, leaning into you, allowing you to hold us up, turning an attentive ear, Lord, to hear your voice. Lord, in this moment, in this place, nothing else matters. May your people hear from you. I appreciated Dave's words. He spoke to me. He showed me, Lord, that he came in expecting. He walked through the doors wanting. And I wonder, Lord, if perhaps some of us just need to pause for just a moment and ask ourselves, why did we come through these doors this morning? This habit, the routine, because it's Sunday and we're supposed to. I, I've been there. I've done that. Or did we walk down the hallway and, and down the steps and through these doors into a place of worship, fully expecting to encounter a living God, loving God, a God who gives us a living hope through the, His Son, Jesus Christ. Regardless of how we got here, we're here. Whether we be here physically, Lord, we're watching online, we are here, Lord, and we are engaged, Lord, in this moment. And we want to push aside the distractions that life tends to throw at us. For sure, there's real responsibilities, things that we need to attend to. We're not dismissing those things, Lord. But in this moment, I pray that nothing else would matter besides your people hearing from you. to be reminded, God, that you draw close to the brokenhearted. We need to be reminded, Father, that the, the things that we're dealing with, Lord, they're not new to you, although they may be new to us. That the burdens, Father, we carry while they are heavy and they weigh us down, Lord, they're not too big for you. 
There's no diagnosis. There's no broken relationship. There's no uncertainty, Father. There's no financial need that you cannot meet and will not meet, Lord, and those that, Lord, that lean upon you. We might always get the answers that we want, Lord, but you do answer us. And you do love us. Lord, I just thank you that we can come to you whenever, wherever, however. And we take that first step. We read in your word that the father ran to a son that was lost. Run to us, Lord, today. Hold us close. Be glorified, Father, in all that we're going to share in this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is New Life Sunday, and... I'm glad that we schedule or plan moments to celebrate what it is that God is doing, the life of His church, the life of uh, of our children, and in the life of those that are coming to know who He is. And so we're going to kind of cram a whole a lot of ideas into this time together, but it all is built upon this 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 theme, this idea of, of new life, of of what God offers to us, and it's a continuation, if you will, of what we talked about last week, and perhaps as as you had your hot cup of tea last week, you began to look at it a little bit differently. We discussed, are, are you one who dips the tea bag, or are you one who lets the tea bag dwell in the hot water? How God invites us to dwell. Perhaps you left last Sunday uh, fully committed to this idea of dwelling, only to wake up on Monday and realize that life doesn't like it when we dwell. Satan doesn't like when we take time to be with God, and I've, I was right there with you not uh, as many moments to dwell as I would have liked. And then I, I took off on Wednesday to go to primary camp, and, and there's not much dwelling at primary camp as you're dealing with six and seven-year-olds, but, but it was a good week. It was good to, to pour into others and, and to be reminded of, of the significance camp has in my own life, my own story. But I recognize that it's hard. And in the difficulty of it all, we tend to Run back to what's comfortable. Cling to the old. But today, church, I want us to be reminded that God offers us something new. Do you want to go back to what you experienced last week? Is there anything there that you're eager to get back to and experience again? I hope that there's nothing in our past that would prevent us from wanting what God has for us in our tomorrows. Because there's always more that he offers to us for those who would search, for those who would be hungry enough to pursue it. Pastor Rich Velotis, I shared last week, offers us this question, do I worship God or do I worship the experience of God? There's a significant difference in the answer to that question depending on which way that we would lean. Do I worship the one true God or do I worship the experiences of God, the parts of God, the parts of faith, the parts of church that I like or that appeal to me? Today we have an opportunity to worship the one true God, to step into the new that he offers to us. See, New Life Sunday fits well into this conversation, into this consideration. Do I dip or do I dwell? Does my dwelling lead me to God's word? Does it lead me through God's word? We celebrated our quizzers this morning, and to watch them as they learned and as they absorbed God's word into their hearts, and it doesn't mean they've learned how to apply it all quite yet. That's what discipleship's all about. But they're learning the stories, and they're more than just that. They're learning that they are true, that they really happened. Now, they were significant then, and they're also significant for us today. One of the things that, as, as I've been on my pastoral journey, growing into, to accept this calling and to become who God wants me to be, there was, there was a survey I took several years ago. It was called an APEST survey. A-P-E-S-T, and it plays off of, of Paul's writings where he says some are called to be apostles, some are called to be prophets, some are called to be evangelists, some shepherds, and some teachers. And you take this survey as, as a pastor, and it helps you identify where you fit into this idea of calling. And before I took the survey, I just knew in my heart of hearts I was going to be a shepherd teacher. 
based on where I was in my ministry at that time and, and what I felt my strengths were, I was just positive. I didn't need to take the test. That's what I was going, that's where I was going to land. And I was shocked when it came back as prophet shepherd. I don't want to be a prophet. Prophets get thrown into wells. Nobody listens to prophets. Everybody just rejects the words of the prophets. But then as you dig a little bit deeper, you start to learn what it is that a prophet does. And please do not, please do not, please do not apply a title. That's not at all what I'm searching for. But here's what a prophet means in our, common, in our context today. One who shares the word of God in a way that is relevant and meaningful in our lives now. That I can do. That I enjoy doing. Because while the writings of this book are 2,000 years old, they're just as relevant for us today as they were when they were first written. They matter. They offer us something new. And for many of us, we cling to the old. We'll talk about the old here in just a moment. In John chapter 6, verse 63, we read, The Spirit gives life, and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of life, they're full of the Spirit, and they're full of, uh, of, his, of the life brought through the Spirit. His word is full of spirit and life. The flesh counts for nothing. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands, but I just wonder how many among us today have read a self-help book. Hey, I've got one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Windows are for dummies. Remember that one years ago when computers became a thing? There's those yellow books with the black on the smile. Well, you've got one self-help book here that never goes out of style. Whether you carry a hard copy or a digital copy, it doesn't matter. His words are full of spirit and life. So there's value in, 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 dwelling, in, in, in dwelling with him because he, he takes us where, he, where we need to go in his word. We often think it's a coincidence or an accident that you end up in a certain place in Scripture. It's not. It's God taking you where you need to go to, to learn what it is he needs you to learn in that moment. Now, there's, there's, there is value in getting your daily inspirational moments through your emails or through your Facebook or whatever it is you may apply to. That, that, you know, that two or three minute clip, that, that spiritual verse or two that you might read, little paragraph anecdote to encourage you and get you started on your day. Those things can be important. Don't get me wrong. But if that's all that we do when it comes to knowing who he is, then we're missing out on the spirit and life and the fullness that his word offers to us. And we're just satisfied with the old. If I could be so bold, if that's all that your discipleship or your devotional life is, then you've really become accustomed to dipping. God invites us to something new when we dwell. Dipping doesn't bring fullness. Dwelling brings life. And today, we want to talk about new life. But that raises the question, why do we hesitate? To dwell? Why do we hesitate to, to dig a little bit deeper? Why do we de hesitate to even want fullness in spirit and in life? Perhaps because we're holding too tightly to the old. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And for some today, perhaps you've not yet made that choice, you've taken that step to, to and step into the newness that he offers us, and you're still kind of lingering in the old. And, and there's still that living hope we sang about is still offered to each one of us. The forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our souls, the introduction to a relationship we find only in Jesus Christ. Let's go back to that just for a moment. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The old gone in your life today? Dwell on that for just a moment. Pun intended. Is the old gone? See, we love the idea of the new. We, we want to grab hold of that new. But we, we do like a few of these things back here. We, we kind of want to hold on to just a couple of them. We hold too tightly to the old. Luke chapter 12, it's not in your notes from the slides, but there's a story of a man who, who's had a great crop. He's had a good year farming. And, and Scripture tells us, the man, he was, Jesus told him this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what am I going to do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my 
goods. If you don't think it applies to you, the goods part brings all of us into the story. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And many of us have a lot of good things that are in a, in a garage or a closet that have been there for many years. And we cling to the old. It's easy to visualize the physical old. But how many of us have old spiritual things? They're tucked in a closet. We put them in a garage. We just can't quite embrace the new because we still have a grip of the old. In our nation today, just to tell you how, how big of an issue holding on to old things is, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I understand, I've got a tubs full of old things in my house too that I struggle at times to get rid of. But, but the self-storage industry in our country is a $39 billion, with a B, billion dollar industry in our country. People need more barns to store their stuff. We just can't seem to get rid of it. We like to hold on to it. There's even TV shows of those who rent these storage units and then forget to pay for it or they move away and then, and then these units go up for auction. You guys have watched them. I don't know how real they are or they're not. Some of them appear to be staged. But, but what we see most of the time is just a bunch of junk. Once in a while, there's a real treasure that we hold on to, yes. But for most of the time, it's just stuff that we would just throw away, give it to someone else, but we hold too tightly to the old. Romans chapter 6, Paul writes, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. See, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? In verse 4, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, with the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life dead to sin made alive and new through christ and, and that is good news and that's the reason many of you have come today we are coming to celebrate new life and celebrate the the, the baptisms of two of our precious young ladies and i'm going to invite them to come now and to pre get prepared as we're going to celebrate in their baptism this morning and part of their preparation is they got, we wanted them to share their testimony, to answer a few questions. Uh, so uh, as, as Hattie and as Maggie come, uh, we'll go with, with Hattie first. We're Hattie and her family, if they want to go ahead and come on up. And she is ready. She's excited. And I'm going to invite her to come join me up here. And then and Maggie's going to come. And as, as Hattie comes, we're going to go ahead and hear Hattie's testimony this morning. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Yeah. What does that mean? That means that... I want him to know that he, I want him to be in my heart and know that I'm going to prove to him that I love God and Jesus. Why do you want to be baptized? So um, I can make it in heaven and to be able to thank them and give them a hug that they gave me a cat and that, and that they gave me wonderful parents and wonderful You're going to get a front row seat for this. You can come all the way up here. Okay. How do you going to climb up there? Okay. How does it feel? Is it cold? No? Well, we're going to thank Mr. Mr. Bob for that. Seat for me. Turn this one. There you go. Sit on. Sit all the way down. Good job. I'm going to help you hold your nose. I want to ask you some questions. Okay. All right. Hattie, is it uh, your... Uh, do you profess today that Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins? Yes. And is it you're uh, claiming today that he is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Is your desire today after being baptized of making this testament that you would live your life to the best of your ability to bring him honor and glory? Yes. All right. Hold your nose. And Hattie, it's an honor and a privilege and a joy this morning to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank <laughs> you.
You want to dwell in the hot water or just dip? You want to dwell a little bit, don't you? Right? As Maggie comes, we're going to hear Maggie's testimony this morning. Can you go three, two, one, go? Yeah, you just did. Go. My name is Maggie, and um, I feel like God has been calling me to get baptized um, because I feel like if I would do something wrong or something, then he would correct me on it. And um, I feel like I'm making the right choice. Right? So you've decided to follow Jesus. Yes. Yeah, and you're seeing the fruit of that in your life? Mm-hmm. Great. Maggie, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and come on up in here. And I feel like this is just so special. I mean, I remember meeting Maggie, like, the day she was born. I was here for her dedication. And so to get to just continue to see her growing and um, making these decisions um, in her faith is just so beautiful. So Maggie... I, I know I got to hear your video and I heard your testimony, but just before I baptize you, you have made a decision to follow Jesus? Yes. And with the Holy Spirit's help, every day you are growing to become more like him. And you're ready to share that with everyone, that it's your desire to live your whole life to bring glory to him. All right, Maggie, well, then it is my privilege to baptize you this morning. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a beautiful moments we get to share as a church and a faith family, and we get to celebrate that they are entering into this new life that God offers them, being raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. And I look forward to sharing that moment with them in, in our time later on this morning. As I watched them, I couldn't help but have this, this memory uh, that was once told to me of a story of, of if you ever are in a jungle and you need to catch a monkey, if you ever need to catch a monkey, but my mom, when she was a kid, she had a pet monkey. And true story, and she ordered it from a, a Sears Roebuck catalog. Anybody else? Anybody? Just curious. She did. Uh, true story. Little spider monkey. It was a pain in the, well, you know what. And uh, that monkey didn't last very long at the house. But if you ever find yourself needing to catch a monkey, all you need to do is find a knot hole in a tree and put a couple nuts in that knot hole. The monkey will reach in and he'll grab hold of the nuts. And the, the hole has to be just big enough for the monkey's fist. So once the fist goes in, that's fine. He grabs hold of the nuts, but then here's what happens. He will not let go. So when a handful of nuts are now too big to pull out of the hole, and the monkey gets trapped by his own gripping onto the things that are going to lead to his capture. Church, I can't help but think that too many of us are holding on to the things in our lives, and we just can't let go, and we're trapped, clinging to the old, when God offers us something incredibly, beautifully wonderfully, transformably new. New. Time for us to get rid of the stuff that we have stored in our closets and our barns. And we have to let go of the former things, not just the physical things. I'm talking about the spiritual things. I'm talking about the hurts in our lives that are very real. There are things that even perhaps led to scars that you're still carrying today. God wants you to let go of the old. Chase after the new that he has for us. Now we could debate how much better things were made back then. Some of you may still have a refrigerator or a washing machine that's been around longer than I have. And we know that today they don't quite make things the way they used to. I get that. And even spiritually, I could understand the conversation. Well, the things are changing, and we just got to cling to what we know to be true. But the problem is, if, if we're just holding on to the old, then we're not giving God enough credit when he tells us in his word that he's continuing to renew us, to remake us, to help us continue to grow. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, the prophet Isaiah writes, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Do you not feel it? Do you not recognize it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, in streams, in the wasteland perhaps the desert in your translation. Too many of us will not let go of the former things. We don't perceive what it is that God is doing, and we're just stuck with our hand in the knothole, refusing to let go. We build bigger barns, not for a larger harvest, but for our stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Many several years ago, my, the church I was at previously in West Virginia went and did a kind of a work and witness day at, at another church on our district, and it was a church that had a lot of stuff. 
part of our project was to rent a dumpster to just start getting rid of the old. Not that there wasn't some things that brought back incredible and beautiful memories in that. I remember some of the things that we, we threw away. But they were just in an attic, collecting dust. We, we've done some of that here even in our own church in the last year. It's refreshing to create space for the new. We do it physically. We feel good about it. But spiritually, I wonder why we hesitate to do the same thing. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, we read, He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. See, in Genesis, we see God create from nothing. Start new. And we see in Revelation, the end of the book, Jesus continued to say, I'm making everything new. Then he said in verse 5, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Write it down. Your testimony, your witness, your story, share it. Not just the testimony you used to have, but the one he continues to give you today. Let others know that he's still doing new things in your life. He's still wanting to work out some of the pain and difficulties of the past, but the working it out is the new thing that we get to experience. See, we often want to just talk about how the old is or was better or, or the good old days. And I'm, I'm at the point where I'm starting to have good old days in my own life. But God's saying, uh uh uh. No bigger barns. Leave room for the new. Or you're going to miss out. This is what it boils down to. If we cling to the old, that's just dipping. It's our tea bag in and out of the water. Feels good today, I need that today, I need that today. But anticipating and being hungry for the new, desiring to yearn what it is that God has for us, wanting the more, that comes when we dwell. See, the dipping, we get hung up on the insignificant. We get hung up on things that maybe are an inconvenience. So when we walk through the doors, either whatever side you come in on, we walk in that door and we don't walk in anticipating meeting with our creator God, the one who gives us new life. We come in maybe wanting to sit with certain people or wanting to have a certain seat where I've always sat. And when someone's in my seat and they, oh man, my morning is ruined because I can't sit in my row. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying this is reality. We can't get past the insignificant things to experience the new that God has for us. We're just dipping into the old because that's what we're comfortable with. That's, that's a low-hanging example. I apologize for that. I don't mean to offend anybody, but we've got to be honest sometimes. Maybe I don't use the same translation of Scripture that you do, or I, I don't dress the way that you think I should dress. And we, we could spend hours talking about these, these things that really don't matter. Or, or we could, as, as God's people, walk through the doors anticipating and feeling that his presence is here and think, oh, today's going to be a good day because God is here. No matter what we sing or what, what's talked about or what story we share in Scripture, what, what verse we may share, that stuff doesn't matter. We're in his presence. He creates new stories in us. Write it down. Talk about it. These words are trustworthy and true. Ephesians chapter 4 Verses 23 through 24, Paul writes, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, your former way of life. Do you have a former way of life? Just being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We were created to be like God and the true righteousness and holiness. There's that word again, holiness. We just can't seem to get away from it these last couple of months together. To be like God, to follow him. These are action words. Movement that comes from dwelling within him. New life takes us from where we were to where he wants us to be. And all of that begins with grace. 
begins with what it is that Jesus Christ did for us. We're going to finish our time this morning together by dwelling again. While last week we dwelled in his word and at just times of worship and prayer, today we're going to dwell in the taking of communion, of remembering, if you will, of being reminded of what it is that Jesus did for us so that we don't have to stay stuck in the old. We can boldly, with excitement and anticipation, receive the new that he has for us. So as we get ready to close, I think Amy's going to come, and we're, we're going to invite you to, in just a few moments as we worship to come and receive the elements. Take them back to your seats, not eat them right away. Take them back, and once everyone has, has, has been served, we will partake together. And it'll just be a time for us to leave behind the old and to remember the new that God offers to each one of us. I invite you to stand with me. I want to pray over us today before we come and to receive. And as we come to receive these elements, if there's something old we're clinging to, we would leave it behind before we come to remember. Before we're reminded of the living hope that we have in Him this morning. Father, <laughs> we're all not so different. I've got old stuff in my life. Things I just can't seem to get past. I could point fingers. I could blame others. That's easy. The truth is, I I hold on to certain things because it maybe brings me a little bit of comfort. Although it's short-lived. Or I hold on to it because maybe it's, to be honest, maybe a little bit of pride. Most of the time I hold on to it because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to fully let go, to fully trust you. While the old has really not served me well, I know it. It's familiar. And in some ways it's become comfortable. Lord, even this morning as you've been prodding my spirit, my soul, find myself with this tug of war. But God, we're about to recognize the Eucharist, the Last Supper. That that moment, Lord, where you truly reveal who it is you are, who you came to be to us. As we take, as we remember, I pray, Father, that we would do so leaving and letting go of the old. Choosing the new. We have two hands. One hand will hold the bread, which represents your body. The other hand, Lord, will hold the cup, represents your blood. As we hold those two things, that we only do so, Father, recognizing that we've got to let go of a few other things first. Continue the new thing you've started in us. Speak to us as we worship. Prepare our hearts as we enter into this moment of communion with you. Help us to remember, to not forget. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Starting in the back, I invite you to come and receive your elements this morning. Let us worship together. This is
writes to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He writes to them, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we remember Christ offering his body for us, take the bread, break it, eat it. Remembrance of his body given. the same way after the supper he took the cup the cup of redemption that third cup of the Passover he says this is the cup the new cup this I'm sorry this is the cup of the new covenant and my blood do this whenever you drink it remembrance of me whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he come drink remember the blood shed for you and for me the new thing Christ is still doing in each of our lives. Father, we thank you. Although those words seem inadequate when we pause to remember what it is you've done, what it is you've given. But Lord, we thank you nonetheless for grace. We thank you, Father, for not subjecting us, Lord, to live in the old, but for offering us new life, something new. Praise you, Father, for the baptisms, the testimonies that we've heard today. We look forward, Lord, to seeing how you work in Hattie's life and Maggie's life in the days and years to come. 
the new things you're going to continue doing in the life of your church. We praise you, Father. We look forward with anticipation of what awaits us. Not because of who we are or what we're good at or what we're going to do or the plans that we come up with, God, but because you, Father, are up to something. Now, next Sunday, Lord, I pray that each one of us would walk through the doors of this place with anticipation, expectation, with, Lord, the belief that we're going to meet you here, dwell with you, allow you to continue what it is you've started in us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Leave the old behind. Go claim the new that Christ has for each of us.